Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition to Wrestlers with Experience. I am your host, Mark Morell, one half of the most illustrious tag team in all of the multiverse. We are the causes of the split and the holy time stream, along with myself and Dietrich Davis, who is the world boss, the king of this shit, the master of the enterprise, James Tiberius fucking Kirk, and of course... I'm Spock on this motherfucker, a.k.a. the Herald to Darkseid himself, the, excuse me, the Herald to Galactus, the Silver Surfer on this mug, representing that uh, thing that we call life. And as we bring you this broadcast here on the Dietrich Davis On Demand broadcasting system and everything in between, I got so many names for this stuff, but... It's just good to be up here to bring you guys some wrestling news. And we thank you for tuning in on your favorite streams. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbeam, Deezer, Tuned In, CastBox, and um, Podcast Addict. And along with this here show, you're going to get this and some of our other events underneath <clears throat> the umbrella of the Team DDOD on demand, including uh, the important nobodies featuring Dietrich and his various guests and stuff, and of course, uh, Thoughts of the Village Idiot, which is my solo podcast. So we thank you guys for tuning in. There's a lot that's been going on, man. <clears throat> a lot has been happening. As uh, things are starting to pick up, <clears throat> excuse me, here in America, American wrestling fans are now getting back into going to the wrestling shows over the past weekends. Uh, WWE just started doing their shows, uh, SmackDown, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that just took place, got their fans back in, had their first Monday Night Raw with the fans back in. Uh, Impact Wrestling had the Slammiversary pay-per-view and they had fans there in attendance for the first time and there was some returns and some new entries going on over there and of course you know AEW has been uh, having fans at their events within about a month ago a month prior and of course naturally speaking of course we all know New Japan Pro Wrestling has been doing their thing with the fans and attendance and they'll be looking to have their first New Japan of America show with fans in attendance for next month and when they come to LA. But there's some stuff I need to get into. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about um, Good Gumuga. Where do I begin? I think I'm going to start off with Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi, ladies and gentlemen, was once again stricken with the um, symptoms of the pandemic and had to be removed from the event that took place, the house show that took place on the 19th of July, which would have been yesterday. Um, he would not be competing at the event as a result of the illness. He has taken a PCR test, which turned back negative. We apologize to the fans who were looking forward to seeing Ibushi wrestle and appreciate your understanding. So there was a match change um, in the in the bout. 
taking his place in the uh, in the matchup against Lij. It was Satoshi Kojima, so it would have been uh, it would have been Kota Ibushi, Master Wato, Hiroshi Tenzan, and Kojima versus Takagi, Naito, uh, Bushi, and Sonata. In fact, the individual that did took his that did take his place was Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata did take his place, and I will have the results for that um, house show from Monday um, for you guys as soon as I can get it, and which will be soon. So let's get right down into some news. On the Roku channel, they will be playing last year's World Tag League and the Best of the Super Juniors. So uh, every Thursday night on the Roku channel, fans can catch up on some of the incredible action from the New Japan Archives, airing on international TV for the very first time. And this will be the international TV premiere of Best of the Super Juniors and the World Tag League. Now... For those of you who have seen last year's um, World Tag League, it was the Gorillas of Destiny that won the World Tag League trophy and they went into Wrestle Kingdom as the uh, challengers to go after the Dangerous Techers who were in the middle of their first run as the IWGP Tag Team Champions. Uh, very interesting story and great um, buildup for G.O.D. to win the trophies last year. So that's going to be good. And of course... The uh, finals for the um, Best of the Super Juniors was um, Taji Shimori. And actually, no, it was um, El Desperado and Shingo Takagi who fought it out to Fennel in the finals of the uh, of last year's uh, Best of the Super Juniors tournament. So that was pretty damn good. I definitely recommend that you guys take a look into that. All right, we got some uh, news coming up. We got the... New Japan uh, Russell Grand Slam taking place this Sunday at the Tokyo Dome. We got the New Japan Rum Rambo with handcuffs set to uh, be the stipulation in the matchup. So let's click on that. Waiting for this to boot up. Uh, usually the New Japan Rambo usually takes place at Wrestle Kingdom. And... Uh, that's usually like the big battle royal that takes place for the trophy every year. So it says right here, Yano Toru has had a vice-like grip on the KOPW trophies since the assumption at uh, Summer Struggle last year in Jingle. In his very own unique way, he has been a fighting champion and has allowed his KOPW 2021 status to be put at the most risk yet at Wrestle Grand Slam in a New Japan Rambo. And a twist to this pseudo Tokyo Dome tradition, Yano will put the KOPW um, stipulations to a fan vote. It would be a ramble with handcuffs or with blindfolds. And according to both the um, polls in, from, in English and in Japanese social media, 15,000 votes, over 15,000 votes came out. And 76.3% uh, had voted for handcuffs, which overtook the 23.7% with blindfolds. It will indeed be the first um, with blindfolds, you know, but as in any normal New Japan Rambo, entrants will join as in, join in the match in a random order in one-minute intervals. Eliminations will be occurred with uh, pinfall submission or DQs are thrown over the top rope. 
With handcuffs, however, it means that the wrestler can be eliminated by being handcuffed to the ropes or ringside and must remain in place for the remainder of the match. So that's what's going to happen. So if you are pinned, if you are tossed out or you are DQ'd or you submit, you will have to be handcuffed to the um, to the rails and you have to watch the match. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, Yano and his crazy ass. You got to look at it just like that. Okay, so... Let's get right into it. Some of the uh, summer struggle events that did take place um, and that will be taking place this week. We got night one for um, summer struggle in Osaka. Both the summer um, struggle shows will be taking place. So we're going to preview night one from Osaka. Let's uh, get into that. I don't know why there's so much delay and install on the bloody computer, but hey, it is what it is. It's the computer world. So July 22nd, we'll see Summer Struggle hit Osaka for the first night of a doubleheader at the Prefectural um, Gymnasium card headlined by a pair of singles match previews for the challenge for the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles <clears throat> as Dangerous Techers are looking to reclaim the tag team championships from Naito and Sonata Los Ingrenobles de Japón. The main event will see for night one will see Naito Tetsuya versus Taichi in the main event. Naito will go head to head with Taichi in the main event for night one. When Naito, part of for that little interruption seems like I'm very popular, but it is what it is. Anyway, so uh, Naito went on to capture the tag team title with Sonata uh, as they beat the Dangerous Techers to win those championships. Taichi was quick to demand a rematch along with his partner. It is with respect to Sonata that the disposed champions appealed, however, as Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. have little love for Naito. And that's the reason why is because the backstory is this. Taichi is a student of the All Japan Dojo. He trained under Toshiaki Kawada. And Sonata, when he broke into the wrestling business, he broke into the All Japan Dojo and he trained under Muto Keiji. So th this is where the appeal of the respect between Sonata and um, Taichi comes in for the fact that they come from the All Japan Dojo, whereas Naito comes from the Animal Hamaguchi Gym um, under the New Japan Dojo as well. In Taichi's case, a connection to Naito stretches all the way back to the men's earliest days in New Japan. Taichi having transferred from All Japan while Naito was still a rookie. Years later, when Taichi turned heavyweight in 2018, it was under Naito's provocation, and Taichi sought to make a violent mark on Ennogrenoble in his first match in the division. Losses followed for Taichi, even though he had brought um, Takashi Izuka as an insurance policy to an Intercontinental Championship Challenge in Sapporo in 2019. But that summer... The spirit of um, Izuka turned the tides. The Iron Fingers from Hell helped Taichi get the G1 Climax victory over Naito two years ago, but in 2021, neither Metallic Hands nor partners, past or present, will be a factor in this singles main event. It, this isn't to say that the Holy Emperor isn't above bending the rules in some other direction. However, will Taichi gain the advantage before the Tokyo Dome tonight, or will he impede, or will it be Nitro that will impede on his... Uh, gains and become triumphant in the first of the two Osaka main events and then of course we got Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata they will continue their um storied rivalry in the semi-main that night 
Sabre recently professed a grudging respect for the Cold Skull after six single-match confrontations, which brought them to an even 3-3 three three record. Respect hasn't always been in the um, right. However, the first meeting happened in 2018's New Japan Cup, where Sabre scored a submission victory that inflated the Britain's considerable eagle, ego, while subsequent G1 wins for Sonata has sent Zack Sabre Jr. into pedalage rage. Still, Sabre can say that in every non-G1 encounter, he has had the upper hand on Sonata from the New Japan Cup to a UK encounter for the British heavyweight title, the Rev Pro Championship, to the Tokyo Dome in 2020. Zack Sabre Jr. has proven to be the superior. Will this continue on for the rest of summer struggle, or will the submissions or flash pinfalls at any possible second take place this is going to be a hard one <clears throat> so now in the uh in the middle of the match we got um master wato uh taking on kota abushi i mean teaming up with kota abushi taking on shingo takagi and um bushi in this matchup but however there might not there might be a chance that uh kota abushi might not appear um in this match because of it, uh of him Acquiring the sickness once again So um, who knows who's going to take The place of um, Kota Ibushi In this matchup Hopefully he should be able to be back on call To compete on the shows But we'll find out Then we have Chaos versus the United Empire As Goto Hiroki One third of the never six man tag team champions Teams up with the rainmaker Kazuchika Okada Taking on Jeff Cobb and the great Okan with a singles confrontation between Cobb set against um, Okada for July 25th, um, they will take on the Imperial Unit in tag action. After Cobb's disrespect towards the Rainmaker in Sapporo extending to calling Okada a young boy, Okada will have to have some serious mal malintent for Cobb and Okan. Meanwhile, Haruki Goto will, prove, will provide some backup in his own right, already having beaten the United Empire with uh, Yoshihashi doing the World Tag League. Will Osprey, will Osaka bring similar success? We'll find out. <clears throat> then in six-man tag action, we have the Bullet Club team of Kenta, Evil, and Yujiro Takahashi taking on two-thirds of the never tag team, never six-man tag champions, Yoshihashi and Tomohiro Ishii, as they team up with the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi. This is the second bout of the night, which will see Hiroshi Tanahashi and Ishii continue to have their ways with Kenta and Evil. After a weekend battle of Kurikan Hall, seeing um, Tanahashi and Ishii laid out by Bullet Club, Tama's running out for the ace in the stone pitfall to return the favor before their singles clashes in Nagoya. What will Osaka bring? <clears throat> and in the opening contest, six-man tag team action, you will see Rapongi 3K and the returning Robbie Eagles taking on El Desperado, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Doki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, in six-man tag team action. This is the opening bout for um, the matchup for, you know, for Monday. And now we have, um, excuse me, for Tuesday, excuse me. And now we have in this um, bout right here, I mean, night two, about to say this bout, <laughs> goes to show you where the hell I am. Like I said, man, this is going through some a lot, a lot of lagging right here. I got some stuff I got to do with this here um, station of mine. So in the main event, <clears throat> we have another preview of the uh, World Tag Team Championship match that's going to take place at the uh, Tokyo Dome. This time, it's going to be Naito Tetsuya versus Zack Sabre Jr. 
with the three and two record of Naito over um, Sonata. I mean, excuse me, over um, Zack Sabre Jr. Headlining in the main event will be Naito Tetsuya in one-on-one action against Zack Sabre Jr. A 3-2 record in Naito's favor includes wins over their last two singles contests and a win right here in Idan Osaka. <clears throat> Yet that bellies the fact that Naito finds Zack Sabre Jr.'s submission styling is hard to deal with. The stage before the Britons tempered with a grudging admiration and the knowledge that he knows exactly what buttons to press to irritate Zack Sabre Jr. Zack is more straightforward about his hatred towards Naito as going as far as suggesting that only Sonata was a viable challenger in advance of their tag team title win in Sapporo two weeks ago. Yet Naito's viability was more than adequate to demonstrate the culmination of that bout. Naito bringing ZSJ up for the Destino to score the decided pinfall. Zack Sabre Jr. has had a victory of letting personal pride <clears throat> and frustration get in the weight of the results. Can he produce an Osaka before those tag belts is on the line, we'll soon find out. Fifth match, we got Sonata versus Taichi. There's a 1-0 record with um, Sonata getting a win over on uh, Taichi. This, Sonata takes on Taichi for the fifth match of the evening. With a longer history than their sole singles matches indicated. Like I've mentioned before. Right? They both got their start under All Japan Pro Wrestling, like I stated. Right? Sonata and Taichi started their professional wrestling journeys in all Japan. <clears throat> where they've learned under the notorious tough Toshiaki Kawada. So they both were trained under Kawada. Both also have a common connection with Satoshi Kojima. With um, Kojima being a member. With Taichi being a, a member of the Kojima goon before jumping ship with Minoru Suzuki. And Sonata working as Kojima's attendant back in all Japan pro wrestling. Yet in the ring there could only be one singles match to go on and that is being in the quarterfinals of the New Japan Cup where Sonata persisted with an O'Connor Road victory despite um, the best interference and low blow efforts from Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Taichi respectively. Will this be a similar filthy fight in Osaka who will come out on top? Time will only tell. So yes, so we have two All Japan style matches that's going to be take two students from the All Japan Dojo that's involved in this matchup. Like I said, the history goes deep. So, I mean, it's going to be a good bout between Tai Chi and Zach and um, uh, Sonata. And then, of course, we got um, another match. Uh, Master Wato and Kota Ibushi taking on Bushi in the IWGP World Champion. Shingo Takagi, we already seen that one. Then we also got the um, the match with... Um, uh, this time, it's going to be Yoshihashi teaming up with Okada taking on the, um, the United Empire, Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan. And then we have Yano Toru, Tomohiro Ishii taking on the Bullet Clubs, um, Kenta, Evil, and Yujiro Takahashi. And then in the opening bout in six-man tag team action, you have Jado, El Fantasmo, and Taji Ishimori, the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions, taking on the team of the Mega Coaches, Rocky Romero, and Taguchi Ryusuke and Hiroki Goto in the opening bout. So this is going to be a pretty good one as well. Um, Rocky and Taguchi are the number one challengers for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. So this is going to be a great bout. <clears throat> There's a couple of interviews going up here with uh, Shingo Takagi and um, Kota Ibushi for previewing their, their match. You can also see the, uh, the match previews up on uh, New Japan World. 
You can see um, both in Japanese and in English with subtitles. We also have the preview for Strong for this um, that just passed. Well, actually, no, it's coming up right now during the uh, the tag team turbulence tournament. We have uh, Kojima versus uh, Filthy Tom Lawler in singles action for I believe for the uh, the strong open weight title. So actually, it will be uh, this Friday coming up. Um, you can see this also not only on New Japan World, but you'll also see it on Fight TV. Um, actually, this was um, this past Friday. That's what it was. Um, you got Filthy Tom Lola versus Ta- Satoshi Kojima for the Strong Openweight Championship. Head into the 50th episode of Strong. Filthy Tom Lawler looks to make his third defense of the Strong Openweight title against um, the strongest arm in the game, Satoshi Kojima. Lawler has been ride, I mean, riding a wave of momentum since winning the Strong Gold, defeating Brody King at the New Japan USA Cup Final. He has gone on to successfully defend the title against Carl- Chris Dickerson and Carl Fredericks. But after this most recent bout, this is going to be a pretty good one. A full show of respect for the Alpha Wolf after he failed the challenge only opened the door for a beatdown from Lawler and Kratos. A furious Kojima who had issues with Kratos and Tom Lawler by extension since day one, strong headed into the ring to see the duel off before making his challenge, promising that he would take the belt. It is safe to say that whoever wins this tag team turbulence tournament will carry out of this matchup will carry the um the strong title to the LA um, Coliseum as the openweight champion. Then, of course, we got the uh, semi-tag match. We had the Good Brothers versus Yuji Nagata and Ren Narita. That was a pretty good bout. You got to check that out. Then you got the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs from the NWA taking on Violence Unlimited, Brody King and Chris Dickerson. Chris Dickerson, who just recently won the ROH tag team title with Homicide. Uh, this is a good bout right here. You definitely got to take a look into that. Let's see here. Hmm. We have eight into four. These are the guys who advanced into the, well, these are the teams that advanced in the uh, tag team turbulence uh, tournament that took place uh, over the weekend. We have seen the following teams go on to win the tournament. Like I said, the previews, which were already up. Pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. The Good Brothers will take on Ren Narita and uh, Yuji Nagata. And the West Coast Wrecking Crew will take on Violence, um, Violence Unlimited in the semifinals. So that's what's going on right there. So... This was some pretty good bouts. You need to go check that out. But this is what's going on. And I believe that the winners of the Tag Team Turbulence um, will get a shot at the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team title. And oh, by the way, the Good Brothers are, um, once again, the Impact World Tag Team Champions. And speaking of Impact, let's talk about Impact Wrestling real quick. Impact Wrestling, like I said, took place this past Saturday. The... um, Slammiversary event took place and like I said the good the good brothers won the IWGP I mean the Impact tag team titles and you also saw the return of Finn Juice they came in and they took on Madman Fulton and Shira in uh quick action 
to uh, get the win in the bout. But here's the finale of everything. In the main event for Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, it was a hardcore match between Sammy Callahan challenging Kenny Omega, the, uh, the, the, the mega champion, the Impact champion, the TNA champion, and the AEW world champion with the Impact heavyweight title on the line. And as the victory came to Kenny Omega, he successfully retained the title. A shock appearance from Switchblade Jay White closed out the evening. As Kenny Omega defeated Sammy Callahan in a wild and bloody matchup, Jay White's music hit and the never open way champion appeared, standing opposite Omega and the Good Brothers. As the Good Brothers and White went to hold up the two sweet, views were left hanging in anticipation as Slammiversary went off the air. Already with their match at Resurgence for the Never title, at Resurgence decided Jay White and Finley will go at it for that title. But not to mention Juice Robinson will be further involved in Impact going on. So this is very interesting. Jay White, the Switchblade, the Never Open Weight champion, confronts Kenny Omega, the current leader of the Bullet Club, the leader of the elite, face to face. What's to say what's going to happen? Now, the last time these guys had a face-to-face or win the ring together, it was when uh, Jay White defeated Kenny Omega for the United States Heavyweight Championship, the IWGP belt. And this was prior to um, Kenny going on to become the World Heavyweight Champion. But what had happened was, going back to the Dome Show a couple of years ago, after he had lost... Um, I think he lost he lost one of the big matches. I think it was Jericho. He had lost to Jericho. And um, there was a lot of infighting going on between the elite and the Bullet Club. And to make things peaceful and cool, this is where he went to invite or extend the invitation to Switchblade Jay White to join the Bullet Club. And Jay White dropped Kenny Omega like a bad habit thus leading him to go and join Chaos only to join the Bullet Club at the middle portion of the year. So nobody really saw that one coming. So now, being that Jay White is the Bullet Club boss, the Bullet Club Taicho, Kenny Omega is the um, elite Taicho, the elite boss, we're about to see how this is going to turn out. Now, how is this going to affect the angle with these guys involved in this matchup for the belt. Real simple. I see Jay White, if he successfully defends the Never Open Way Championship, I think Kenny's going to challenge him for the Never Open Way title. But Jay White's going to retain the championship simply because um, you just can't take the Never Open Way title off of Jay White. But that's just my opinion. Um, it would make no sense for that to go down, but depending on how things go, um, Kenny's looking to make some, some real huge stuff right about now. So that's what's going on with that. Now let's talk about some shakeup. Um, prior to the recording of this, I was talking to Dietrich and we were discussing about the promotion called Glate. Now Glate I had no idea what this promotion was, 
But I recall that on the Glate show from uh, earlier this month or last month, there was an event at Tokyo Dome City Hall. And at the Glate show, the main event saw um, Yo from Rapongi, I mean, show from Rapongi 3K. He was involved in the matchup. And he was in the main event. And in that main event, he took on one of the wrestlers from, um, oh, in fact, the person that he took on was Takanori Ito. So let me just run that right down to you. This was from the, uh, this is from the results from the July 1st show. This was Glee, this was Glate version one, the debut on June on July 1st, which saw show victories over Takanari Ito in the main event before the assembled Tokyo Dome City Hall. The bout was conducted under Ledet UWF rules, where victory within the 30-minute time frame will be attained by knockout submission or on points. Both participants began with five points and a point deducted for rope breaks or being knocked down to the point where the referee count had to be applied. So it was under UWF rules. You can do pro wrestling moves, but it's um, no pinfalls in this matchup. Now I want to talk about the promotion Glate, right? Um, Glate Pro Wrestling is a hybrid of your standard, typical Japanese pro wrestling, where you can, can have you can have pro wrestling matches. Contested under pro wrestling rules And you can also have UWF style matches Contested under UWF rules And According to This Glate seems to be a very interesting show I started watching some of the um, Stuff from Glate And there's a lot of familiar names In Glate Including um, Nosawa and you also got um, Kaz Hayachi. Ricky Choshu is one of the um, one of the uh, one of the bookers there, and they also have women involved in this here event <clears throat> in their roster. So the women can wrestle not only under uh, pro wrestling rules, Joshi wrestling rules, which is basically pro wrestling rules, but you can also have uh, the matches also take place under UWF rules. So going forward, what what I will do when I do the um, this podcast, I'm going to also uh, give you guys some information about Glate uh, Wrestling under Lidet um, Lidet Entertainment, and uh, I'm going to give you guys a rundown of the roster of the guys who is a part and the women that are a part of the um, <clears throat> the organization. They have a very long history as far as like. Um, this style of wrestling because they compare it to um, the resurgence of what was going on in the glory days of New Japan Pro Wrestling when uh, <clears throat> the Universal uh, Wrestling Federation had made their um, debut invading New Japan Pro Wrestling in the early 90s uh, with Nobuhiko Takada and, and Minoru Suzuki and all these guys. I think Suzuki was a part of it. Yes, he was. Because um, it was under... Um, um, Fujiwara, who was leading the um, 
the organization at the time <clears throat> and leading the invasion angle into the, into the promotion. And this is where you saw um, Nobuhiko Takada become IWGP heavyweight champion. He won the he won the um, the junior heavyweight title as well. Um, but there was a lot going on there at this time. But it was basically to prove if New Japan was still on par with their uh, motto of being the martial arts wrestling promotion. Whereas New Japan is the king of strong style, the strong style wrestling is comprised of not only pro wrestling, but it's comprised of the martial arts of the martial arts style as well, which became the mixed martial arts that we all take pride in seeing today. So, <clears throat> differences arise. Some of the guys left under Fujiwara's umbrella. Fujiwara then comes back. They had a working agreement and you had the infamous uh, UWF New Japan angle going on right there. So that was pretty damn interesting. Uh, but I must say that um, Ito is a very sharp wrestler. He's a very sharp fighter. He's very, very skilled. He knows what he's doing inside that ring. And um, these guys are basically um, restructuring and I guess bringing the instrument of the glory days of New Japan Pro Wrestling to the modern era right about now with the uh, wrestling matches being done in both the Pro Wrestle and Mixed Martial Arts Pro Wrestle styles. So that's going to be interesting to see right there. <clears throat> and on an NWA note, I came across um, an interview with um, JTG, JTG, I uh, recently took on Chris Masters in a matchup to declare the brand new um, national heavyweight champion. It was Chris Masters that ended up winning the title. But uh, JTG put a very good interview up concerning what had happened during the bout and how he's looking forward to getting a crack at the title once again. And that he also <clears throat> took the time to reminisce over his tag team partner, the late Shad Gaspar, so that was pretty good. Also, Thunder Rosa made her um, debut at the um, at the Impact um, event, Slammiversary, and uh, so did Chelsea Green, the fiancé and wife, well, actually the wife of um, Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, and Mickey James made her um, return there as well scouting the women that will be participating in the empowerment um, women's show. And one of the things that they've announced that they're going to be doing is they're going to reinstate the NWA women's world tag team titles. And I'm going to give you guys a history of those belts. The NWA women's world tag team championships have been around for many, many years. Uh, and when Vince McMahon brought the rights for the uh, NWA Women's Championships, they were under the tutelage of uh, um, Moolah. Um, she um, had the rights for the Women's World Title. And uh, that also included the Women's Tag Team Belts. And... What ended up happening is when Vince McMahon brought the rights from Moolah, she sold him the rights to the uh, 
to the tag team titles as well. And of course, <clears throat> the NWA slash WWF women's world tag team titles were inactive for many, many years. And up until that point, the last time that the, um, the women's tag team titles were in existence, <clears throat> they were um, initially um, in the WWF as well. So I, I brought up, I'm bringing up the, uh, the lineage of the women's tag team titles right now. So they're going to be bringing those belts back um, to this particular stage of the game. Um, and of course, you know, the women's tag team titles went on to become the WWE Tag Team Championship. So to be honest with you, every American women's world tag team title can trace its lineage back to the NWA women's world tag team title. So there has been over uh, 20 plus some odd champions, 26 champions at this at the stage of the game. But the women's tag team title <clears throat> went on to become uh, the WWF tag team champions, um, WWF women's tag team title. So here you have, I'm going to run down the champions right now. You have Mae Young and Ella Waldick, June Byers and Millie Stanford, June Byers and uh, Mary Jane Maul, Daisy May and the Golden Venus, June um, Byers and Millie Stanford once again. Daisy May and Golden Venus, they trade the belts back and forth. Judy Barnes and Mars Bennett, Penny Banner and um, Bonnie Watson, Penny Banner and um, Betty Jo Hawkins, June Byers and Betty Barker, Lorraine Johnson and Millie St Stafford, Penny Banner and Lorraine Johnson, Lorraine Johnson and Kathy Starr, Kay Noble and Lolita Martinez, uh, Adrian Ames and Pat Lita. Lita. You got Mula and Tony Rose in the 70s. <clears throat> Donna Cristinello and Kathy Day, Kathy O'Day, Tony o, Tony Rose and Fabulous Moolah, um, Rose and uh, Cristinello once again, Joyce Grable and Vicky Williams, uh, multiple time holders, uh, Joyce Grable and Wendy Richter, they were the tag team champions, and uh, I believe like the, well the date was not unclear. You had Princess Victoria and Sabrina. Uh, Joyce Grable and Wendy Richter in 1982, Victoria and Velvet McIntyre um, winning the titles and went on to um, take the belts to WWE. They were the champions at that time. And then to bring things up to speed, let us go to the, let's see here, I think it's the women's, nope, it's the, let me see, let me bring this up, the WWF Women's World Tag Team titles. Here we go. So the Women's World Tag Team titles. There have been five tag team champions um, in the WWF, and this this goes back to 1983 when um, Velvet McIntyre and um, Princess Victoria came in as the world tag team champions. They would drop the belts to um, Desiree Peterson and Velvet McIntyre won the belts after um, Princess Victoria had suffered a neck injury. So this would have been Peterson's... Um, Peterson's um, run for the title, and this would have been considered Velvet McIntyre's second run as the champion. The Glamour Girls, Julie Martin and Lalani Kai, would go on to hold the tag team belts in two um, on two occasions. They first won the belts at a house show in Cairo, Egypt, back in 1985, and then they would go on to lose the uh, tag team titles. They held on to the belts from August 1st, 1985 to 
January of 1988, and they lost them at the Royal Rumble in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. They had these belts, and they lost them to Itsuki Yamazaki and Norio Tatento, the Jumping Bomb Angels. I remember this. I loved the Jumping Bomb Angels back in the day when I was a kid. And, of course, they went on to regain the titles back in June of 1988 at a house show in Satyama, Japan, at Omiyaku. Um, and then they won the belts via countout. And then the titles were um, deactivated February of 1989. So the team with the most reigns were the Glamour, the Glamour Girls. They held on to the belts for over uh, 1,000 over 1,100 days, so they had a pretty decent run as the champions, and like I said, the belts were um, then um, then, dis- then discarded, and then of course, you know, we're bringing up the speed, the women's tag team titles were introduced back into the WWF back in 2019, but this belt, they, as they say, the belt does not carry the same lineage to the um, NWA tag team titles, but nonetheless, um, going back to what I stated, the NWA Tag Team titles, the Women's Tag Team Championships will be coming back and they will be um, crowned at the um, Empowerment event, which will be held by the NWA. So folks, I am out of time. And if you like this episode, I thank you for tuning in and continue to support our efforts. Uh Follow us on our social medias, Dietrich Davis on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, myself, Market at Morell on Facebook. Also follow me on XM Nightbuster on Twitter and M Double Forty Four on Instagram as well. And again, follow us on our you know follow us on your streams that you're listening to us listening to us on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher. Deezer, Podcast Addict, Tuned In, Podbeam, and all of the others as well. We thank you for tuning in to Wrestlers With Experience. And uh, again, I'm going to bring you guys more wrestling action, more wrestling news. Uh, I just want to give you guys something really, really quick. Because like I stated, the Tokyo Dome show will be taking place this coming weekend. By the time that you heard this, it will be, it would have happened, will be happening or whatever. And um, I'm going to keep you guys up to speed as to what's going on. So I thank you for tuning in to Wrestlers With Experience. My name is Mark Morell, also known as Mark Knight, the Herald of Galactus, one half of the most illustrious tag team in the whole motherfucking multiverse. And we are the ones that are ripping up the sacred timeline to bring things up to speed. We do this because we got it like that. Thank you for tuning in to Wrestlers With Experience. And I will see you guys again very, very soon.